Our scripture passage for today comes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy in the 18th chapter, starting with the 15th verse. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. You may say to yourself, how can we recognize a word that the Lord has not spoken? If a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, but the thing does not take place or prove true, it is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be frightened by it. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word today. Amen. Amen. Today we have a reading from the Old Testament. In fact, the past several weeks you have heard scripture readings from the Old Testament as the basis for the sermons that your pastors have been presenting to you. Um, just a little behind the scenes in how we come up with or how we plan or how we approach sermon planning. There's generally one of two ways that we tend to function. Uh, oftentimes we may come up with a preaching series or topic or theme and you'll see us flesh out uh, multiple sermons on that subject uh, over the course of time uh, in order to speak to that. And that allows your pastors to speak to the issues we believe are at the heart of our congregation. Our role is to know this community and to speak them in, into the way that God leads us and to feel that we can appropriately address those themes and ideas that they need to hear. Now, on the other end of the spectrum is following something called the Revised Common Lectionary. The lectionary is a calendar of scriptures, if you will, assigned each and every week for a Sunday. Every single week over a three-year cycle, there is scripture assigned from the Old Testament, a reading from Psalms, a reading from the Gospels, and a reading from the Epistles. And in that manner, the scriptures then are handed to us as preachers uh, to explore, to dive into, to learn from on our own, and then to present. So a slightly different process leading to a slightly different sermon. And in January, we've opted to um, lean into the Old Testament text, which is something we don't do very often. You mostly hear the gospel presentations from these selections because we are, in fact, a Jesus-loving church. And so we decided to do something different and focus on these Old Testament scriptures. And here we have a passage from Deuteronomy. Now, context, this is from a man named Moses. And Moses is a leader of the Israelites. And he's giving a series of sermons to the Israelites before they enter the promised land. The Israelites have now spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And now they are ready to come into the land that God had promised them. Uh, maybe you know the story. They were led out of Egypt by Moses. They were led out of slavery. Moses had, in fact, encountered God in a place called Mount Sinai, where he discovered a burning bush. And in that moment, God's presence was with Moses, and Moses received a message from God that he then took to the people. 
Later, Moses would return to Mount Sinai and he would come back with the Ten Commandments. Scripture records many interactions between God and Moses and always with Moses bringing the message that he found from God back to the people. This makes Moses carry a label that we call a prophet. Now, Moses is not the first prophet, but his role, his impact sets him apart in the biblical narrative. He is a foundational figure for what we know as the prophetic tradition. And as we start to see the acts of Moses, we start to see the role of prophet defined more clearly. And most significantly, Moses says, this is going to continue, he says, God will raise up for you a prophet from among your own people. He says, sometime after me, God is going to bring someone into your presence to reveal the word of God to you, to reveal the truth about God to you, to reveal the redemption of God to you, to speak the truth of God to you. And we know the story, right? We know how history unfolds. We know the prophet starts with the letter J. Are you with me? Can we say it together? One, two, three. Joshua. Did you say Jesus? Who said Jesus? Okay, people who said Jesus. You're right. Okay, I'm not going to fight you on that. That is the Sunday school answer. It's good for every question under the sun. But you people just skipped like 1,200 years of biblical history. Like you kind of fast forward it a little bit. So let's, let's just hold there. I promise, I promise we'll get there. But we love to fast forward the story. We love to look ahead to how it ends. Y'all, are you like spoilers people for movies? Like, we love to see how the story ends. But imagine it in this context. Imagine Moses, and he's going to the people, and they're about to enter the promised land, a place that Moses knows he cannot go. So thus far, he's been the leader, but he is not going to see the promised land. And so he is trying to equip the Israelite people for what they need to prepare for the time ahead. And he goes to the set and says, I can't go with you, but don't worry. There's going to be someone else coming in about 12, 1300 years, give or take a decade or two. It's not exactly like inspiring in that moment if you hear that, right? Like I got to wait a heck of a long time before God is going to speak. Is that, is that what you're saying, Moses? And, and so we need to like Marty McFly this, all right? We need to like Huey Lewis in the news a little bit here. And we got to go back. Um, and that can be hard to do. For me personally, my worst class in seminary, my very worst class in seminary was Old Testament history. I struggled hard with Old Testament history because there's just so much to it. There's so many layers. It's complex. So if you've ever like opened the New Testament, you're like, I don't get this. I'm right there with you. I, I don't get it either. But I remember my professor. I had a great professor and I remember him talking specifically about the prophets. And he said that if you read the Old Testament only as if it's talking about Jesus, you are missing something beautiful. You're missing something deep. You're missing something vital to our faith. So we have to go back and start at the beginning. Here we have Moses at the end of his journey. The Israelites headed to the promised land and Moses is preaching, sharing wisdom, sharing instruction that the Israelites will need for this next chapter of their story, knowing that he himself can't go with them. Moses in this moment is defining what a prophet is and what a prophet looks like for his people. So the question before us is, what exactly is a prophet? Well, 
if we do fast forward just a little bit in scripture, we find another prophet named Ezekiel who actually lays this out for us. And Ezekiel kind of says, a prophet is to speak for God on behalf of the people. A prophet speaks for God on behalf of the people. Or Ezekiel specifically words it like this in chapter 33 of Ezekiel. It says, you human one, I have made you a lookout for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear me speaking, you must give them warning from me. So God to Ezekiel, I have made you a lookout for the house of Israel. Imagine a prophet like a lighthouse on the shoreline in the midst of the storm. Imagine a prophet like the one who rides in the crow's nest, watching for early signs of warning on the journey ahead. We like to think that prophets and prophecy is about predicting the future, but that's not really what prophets do. That's not really what prophecy is about. Prophets share warning. They share wisdom. They share instruction. Prophets reveal the very character and nature of God. That is a prophet's calling. And so Moses says, in this time to his people, he says, pay attention, because there's more prophets coming. And so I dug into this. I, I studied hard for the sermon this week. I went on a little journey because I'd never explored this passage before. And I found so many great lessons hidden in this instruction from Moses that I'm excited to, to cover today. And it's all pretty high level. Each of these could be a sermon in and of itself. But um, I just want to share with you what stuck with me. Hopefully something sticks with you as well. So here we go. It starts simple, straight from Moses. The very first thing that stuck out to me as I read this is Moses is reminding the people to listen. That's the lesson. Listen. Saying God is not done speaking. You got to listen. You got to pay attention. Do you believe that God can speak to you? Or maybe even today that's your question. Do you believe that God can speak to you? Do you believe that God is there? That is a question, very real question that people wrestle with. And are we paying attention I have to admit, personally, I don't do the best at spending time listening for God. I like to be doing for God, or I like to be telling to God what I intend to do for God. So this passage is a reminder to me that sometimes there is still just some listening that needs to be done. Now, I want to be careful not to get caught up on the, the words like speak, listen, or hear, because these are words we use to describe our own understanding, because that's literally how we interact with the world around us, knowing that comprehension of God is something outside of, of hearing of a voice. Um, and it can come in different ways. And that kind of leads to the next thing that jumped out to me, is Moses is reminding the people that God speaks through people. Moses says, God will raise up a prophet who will speak in the name of the Lord. And this is kind of tough to hear from Moses, because we read Moses's story. We know Moses' journey. We have so much information about what he came through. And we know that he went to Mount Sinai. And there he saw a burning bush. And he was in the presence of God. And God spoke directly to Moses. And I feel like there's a longing in us that we want that burning bush moment. We want that revelation from God. We want that absolute truth of God's presence. We want to hear God's commanding voice in our lives, instructing us, providing wisdom, guidance, uh, perseverance, protection, reminding us that God is there. We want our burning bush. But in this, I'm reminded that Moses is speaking to a whole nation of Israelite people, and none of them saw a burning bush. 
They didn't have that encounter with God, but what they had was Moses. And they saw God in Moses, and that was enough for them. I remember being a teenager early in my faith. I remember we'd go to events and they'd put people on stage and the speakers on stage would have these captivating stories, these lightning moments, these mountaintop moments where God spoke and their lives were transformed forever. And I remember hearing that thinking that never happened to me. Is my faith strong enough if I don't have that burning bush moment that you're describing? But now when I think back, when I think about how I learned about God, it wasn't a moment where God spoke to me. It was the people that God surrounded me with. Seeing Jesus through each and every one of them. God speaks through people. And so as God continues to speak, Moses is pointing to the people. And there's also another truth that's significant here. The Israelites are headed into the promised land. Moses is telling them to continue listening. But they're headed to the promised land. The 40 years in the wilderness is over. Life is good. Do we still need to listen? Moses says, yeah, you need to listen even when life is good. Sometimes I think we forget to listen when life is good. You know, it's really easy to go to God when we're in need, when we're hurting, when we're in grief. Why, God? God, can't you? God, I just need you to. But what about when it's good? Do you think anybody's ever won the lottery and been like, God, why is this happening to me? It's not exactly the moment we ask that question, is it? But it's often when things are going well that we need wisdom, that we need guidance. Moses was aware of this. But Moses was also aware of another thing, and he provides a warning with this promise. He does say, God's going to send you a prophet. God is going to keep speaking. But he also says, you got to be careful because there's going to be other prophets as well. There are going to be different voices coming at you, and you are going to have to discern who is speaking the truth and who is not. There's a great example of this. Uh, Fast forward again a little bit to another prophet named Jeremiah, right? One of the most well-known verses in all of scripture is found in Jeremiah chapter 29. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. How many of you are familiar with that verse? You've heard that verse before. You've been on Facebook, you know that verse, right? Like that verse carries everywhere. It is one of the most popular. It's a lot of people's favorites. There is a slight issue with this verse, though. And I love the verse. It is optimistic. It is hope-filled. It is a beautiful word from Jeremiah. The problem is the context here because Jeremiah is prophesying at a time when the Babylonian Empire is invading the kingdom of Judah, which is where Jeremiah is prophesying. They are taking over the kingdom of Judah. They are sending the people into captivity. They are destroying the temple. They are overrunning Jerusalem. And the people are going to find themselves in exile. And Jeremiah is trying to speak hope into what appears as a hopeless situation. Where he's saying, I know it looks bleak. I know it looks dark. But here is your reminder that God's got you. Here is your reminder that God is going to take care of this. And it is only going to take like 70 years. It's not very hopeful from Jeremiah. Thankfully, there's another prophet at the same time as Jeremiah. This prophet's name is Hananiah. And Hananiah comes on the scene. And Hananiah gets in front of the people and says, I know things look dark. I know things look hopeless. But I want to speak to you that God is going to take care of you. And it is only going to take God two years to take care of this. So we have Jeremiah saying seven years. We have Hananiah saying two years. Who do you think was more popular? 
And yet here we stand today reading the book of Jeremiah and not the book of Hananiah. And so the question becomes for prophets, which is exactly what Moses was warning about. Are they speaking the truth or are they speaking what they think I want to hear in order to create or preserve their own power and authority over people? See, wielding the truth is a form of power, but false truth corrupts. Beautiful example of what Moses was warning about. And so from the time of Moses onward, this becomes the lens. This becomes the framework. Prophets are now evaluated based on this criteria Moses himself has defined. Forward through history, as the prophets come and prophets go century to century, we see the people coming to the prophets asking the question, are you the one Moses predicted? Are you the one Moses told us God would send? Are you the prophet? And so now we finally get to modern times. We're in the Gospels, all right? We have our prophet. Starts with a J. This is your time, people. One, two, three. John the Baptist. This is the testimony given by John the Baptist when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed. He said, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? They thought he might be the prophet Elijah reincarnated. And he said, I am not. And then they asked this question in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Are you the prophet? See, everybody would have been familiar with the word of Moses. Moses said the prophet would come from among the people. They see John the Baptist. They see the ministry he's engaging in. And they say, are you the prophet? And John the Baptist says, no. And they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, quoting another prophet, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So we have a prophet claiming to be not the prophet by quoting a prophet after denying he was the prophet, saying the prophet would soon come. Clear as day. Fast forward more in John's gospel, chapter 6. Jesus is now on the scene. One, two, three. Jesus. All right, it really is. I'm not trying to trick you more. We are at Jesus. Jesus has come. But Jesus is being put through the same framework, the same test that Moses created. The people are looking at Jesus and they said, we've been fooled before. We've been hananiah before. We've had people come and tell us the wrong truth before and it has not helped us get out of our situation. Why are you different? So people are looking at Jesus asking the same question. Are you the truth of God or are you a false prophet? And there is a moment in time where Jesus creates a miracle, where a crowd gathers we know the story is the feeding of the 5,000. And it is where there is not enough resources to provide food for this crowd. And yet nobody leaves hungry. And in response to that event, this is what's recorded in John's gospel. It says, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. This is indeed the prophet. And I think it's remarkable that the very thing that convinces them, the very thing that says this is the prophet, 
is Jesus meeting the needs of the needy. Jesus feeding hungry people is enough to tell them this man is not out for his own power. But this man speaks the truth to God that should lie in all of our hearts. And so Jesus is established as the messianic prophet predicted and foretold by Moses. And Jesus engages this ministry wholeheartedly. But he doesn't just embrace the title on himself. Jesus has a great honor for the history of the faith. Jesus himself constantly points out that I am not the prophet. I'm not the only prophet. God has been speaking through people for centuries, for a very long time. He says we have a faith built on the tradition of the law and the prophets. Yet Jesus called for a lot of change, but the very character and nature of God he reveals has been the same from the beginning of time. Jesus quotes constantly the Old Testament in his ministry, including 19 direct references and quotes from the prophets of the Old Testament. Jesus honors the work of the prophets and builds on that historical foundation to present God's kingdom in a new light for the people. And as he does, he has an invitation. He calls his disciples, he calls his followers to continue the work of the prophets. Now, we may not be all called to be prophets in the traditional sense like Moses, but we are all called to share in the prophetic witness. And that is that through our lives, the character and nature of God are revealed to others. And Jesus did this in the same way of the prophets, by speaking the truth of God. And I was reminded by exploring these scriptures of the power of words. The power that words have when used in the right way, or the wrong way. Words have power. Words may be the single greatest power that exists in our world. Words can uplift, or words can bring down. Words can heal, or words can wound. They can repair, or they can shatter. Words can redeem, or they can condemn. Words can forgive or they can convict. They can inspire or they can ensnare. They can empower or they can belittle. They can instill hope or they can raise fear. They can include or they can isolate. Words can encourage or they can despair. Words can teach or they can criticize. Words can connect or words can gossip. Words can unite or words can divide. Words can save or words can destroy. This is the power of the prophets coming to speak the word of God, the truth of God, the grace of God, and ultimately the love of God. When Jesus spoke, he spoke love. When the prophets spoke, they spoke love. And we are called in the manifestation of the grace of God in this earth to speak that power of love. Another Huey Lewis in the news reference for you. Moses here reminds the people, way back in the past, as we dive into the Old Testament, before we ever get to the ministry of Jesus, you got to listen. First and foremost, you got to listen. And when you listen, remember that God speaks through people. And as God speaks through those people, remember to listen when things are going well and when things are not so well. And in those times, use discernment to determine the voices that you are allowing to speak into your heart, to speak into your life. Let it be truth found and soaked in love. The reminder of Jesus to remember the history of our faith and let those voices continue to speak today in powerful ways. And ultimately, as we seek 
to emulate Jesus, that we would not just listen, but that we would also speak to those who will listen. And when we speak, we will speak love. Amen.